welcome, gang, to uh, another fun episode of, wait, which podcast is this again? This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to our epic crossover between the Arizona Wine Monk and uh, the Make America Grape Again podcast, both of which are hosted by me, Cody Burkett, CSW. Uh, I am here with... Oh, Megan, you know, whatever I want to be called at this point. (laughs) Judgmental graphic designer probably seems more fitting. But who also has a CSW. Yes. And we're here talking about AZ Uncorked, the Arizona Wine Wine Guide, with Janelle Bonfield, who... Hello. (laughs) Is this thing on? Uh, Is also here with her daughter... Isla. Who has also been on a podcast with us before uh, for our epic drinking... Well, I guess pretty adventures. much all, all, most of these are epic drinking adventures. Wine-related adventures. Uh, for our epic podcast where we interviewed Sal from, uh, what was his winery again in New Jersey? The, the second New Jersey episode. Oh, my God. Salmonino. <laughs> what? With Dina when we were at... Yeah. Um... Tracy Dempsey's. Tracy Dempsey's. Shout out Tracy. Tracy's awesome. Yay, Tracy. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun time. So anyway, Isla has returned. Uh, Dina, when she hears this, will probably be pissed that I forgot to invite her. Aww. But uh, she is uber social distancing right now. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this is still the time of you COVID. You can still call her. <laughs> I mean, she's not drinking the same wine. But. I mean, that's, that's true. true. We could, well, true. depending on how tipsy we get, we could call her. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. But uh, I really wanted to focus uh, a little bit on this book uh, because it's awesome. Uh, and there really aren't any other books quite like it for other states, I've noticed. The only other ones that I've noticed are a few states in the East Coast. There's one for New York and there's one for Pennsylvania. Both are by uh, Hudson Cattell, who also did my perennial resource that I've used for much of this podcast, uh, Wines and Wineries of Eastern North America. Mm. Um, so this is really a one-of-a-kind book, and it is, let me tell you guys... Awesome. I've got it in my hands. You could definitely knock someone out with it. Absolutely. Um, it is a Not only is it a doorstopper like, say, Patrick Rothfuss, it is a beautiful doorstopper. You won't want to use this to put on, on to stop doors. You want to have this on a very nice, friendly bookshelf where you can look at it and look at the pictures because mm-hmm. uh, these photographs in here are phenomenal. Um, the wine we're going to be drinking while we talk about this is from Saculum Cellars. Uh, shout out to Michael Pierce because we are currently lurking uh, in his winery room. I'm staring at uh, a barrel of one stone right now, which is one of my favorite blends of his. And a really sexy new labeling. God, that labeling machine That's is sexy. Amazing. Shout that, out Michael. Thank you for letting me If that labeling it. machine was a woman, I would flirt at it awkwardly and fail. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably flirt at her. Like, she's she's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my God. And we've also got surprise guests. Come. Jay does. Who has food. Oh, my God. Holy and it brings yes. fancy. Thank 
Jason Dudley, what did you what did you think of uh, Janelle's book? Honestly, I have not had a chance to read through it all the way. Um, I it's a big book. Have, it takes some Yeah, exactly. Um, from what I've read, I love it. I love the um, you know the history on everything, and um, you know the different interviews with certain key people in the industry. Um, kind of their side of things. It's, pretty cool uh i do look forward to reading the rest of it um at this point i've just barely skimmed the surface um but it's uh from what i've read so far i love it thank you thank you and thank you for the delicious delicious cheese and salami yeah, cracker plate. Some smoked gouda Ooh. uh we've got some manchego and uh salami crackers Excellent. nice thank you. nice with the galia yes Definitely. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Speaking of which, people always, Emma, you, have always argued oh, that yeah. why are we cheering? Supposed to do that at the cheers. beginning. Well, we didn't drink. One more time. Hear that clink. Yeah. You're yeah. also holding the grenache. You're drinking the grenache right I now. I know I am. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the Gallia is uh, 72% Cabernet Franc, 28% ro- uh, Merlot, all sourced from Rolling View Vineyard down in the Wilcox AVA. Uh, to continue to our collection of Cab Francs for this podcast, I think this is Cab Franc number 10 or 11. Jeez. Oh, uh, wow. I, almost every state is growing Cab Franc because it grows just about everywhere. Hmm. It is a happy grape, and it doesn't get enough love. No. It's uh, its son, Cabernet Sauvignon, steals uh, her spotlight, and that kind of pisses me off because <laughs> honestly, I like Cab Franc more than, than Cab Sauv, but that's neither here nor there. That's really nice. I like that. It's nice. It's a good little spicy note, but I can't quite what. It makes me think of like um, like spiced chocolate. Like someone mm-hmm. has put a little paprika or, or chili powder in, mm-hmm. in chocolate, okay. along with all that really rich dark purple fruit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, blackberry, bilberry, maybe a little bit of mulberry in there from the merlot. Some nice vanilla and sandalwood from the oak. Nice tannins there too. Mm-hmm. That's not like a tannin punch in the face. No, they're nice. It's just a kiss of oak. It's just the right amount. But uh, I remember the very first time I had one of the Gallia vintages, and I think it was the very first Gallia vintage, and that was fifty-fifty, Cab Franc and, and Merlot, and that was also really good. Hmm. But I digress. How's your Grenache? It's really good. How do you think of uh, the Gallia? I like it. I like it, it's tasty. Mm-hmm. I'm not like as much of a red drinker as much as I used to be now. So when I do have reds, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm like re-getting to know reds. You know what I mean? I always like Grenache, but no, this is really nice and easy to sip on, especially this time of year. You know, it's nice for cold weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is- It kind of warms you up. I honestly kind of want to pair this with a really nice French dip. That'd be good. Like this and a French dip on a cold day, clouds looking over the horizon, maybe yeah. rain or snow. Waldo, considering Arizona's weather recently, it's like snow, rain. What are those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, at least it rained the other day. It was different. 
Mm-hmm. Did it actually rain where you were? Yeah. Yeah, it was like an on and off, like all day, just like mist. I mean, it wasn't rain, rain. It was, you know, drizzle, but it was like all day, just mist, which was nice. I mean, you're always talking about how it never rains and never precipitates at your place. It doesn't. It's because I live there. It's, my, it's the weather bubble that I create wherever I'm mm-hmm. at if I live there. But yeah, it actually mm-hmm. just rained all day. It was impressive. I was surprised. So, Janelle, what inspired you to create this book? Let's see. Um, it kind of started with um, Peggy Fiendaka and Kurt Dunham with LDV Winery. They were friends of mine. And when they started their winery, I started visiting them and photographing, and I just kind of got addicted to being in the vineyard. And um, that's kind of where it started. I, in 2016, I won an International Photography Award for one of the photographs I took during their pressing, and then that motivated me to continue on to capture more images. Is that photo in the book? Mm-hmm. It's in the LDB section. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other motivation was I'm a food and lifestyles photographer in the Phoenix area. And everywhere I went, people didn't really know about Arizona wine, most people. There were a few key restaurants that do, but um, so it's kind of my mission to spread the word about Arizona wine to restaurants and the food industry and people all over the state as well as visitors too. There's just not really a, a great resource, so now there is. And it's a beautiful resource. Thank you. She pretty. She pretty. (laughs) (laughs) As I stroke the book creepily. Yeah, so it's 544 pages, and we covered um, 42 wineries and three tasting rooms, independent tasting rooms. And um, there wasn't room or time to cover everybody in Arizona because the industry is just exploding. But I do plan on doing future editions, and I'd love to cover the emerging wineries. I think that would be really cool. Who do you wish uh, was in this first version that uh, kind of came about too late for them to get involved I, in version one? Well, it's hard to say because there's so many that I keep corresponding with. I, one for sure would be Copper Horse. I would definitely have him in the next one, and it was just a little too late. And he's he's one of only two wineries down in, in the Chiricalas, too. He's not that far, mm-hmm. all things considered, from Calibri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, is that the portal area? Mm-hmm. I think they call that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been to his winery but um, or his vineyard, but I have been to Calibri. It's beautiful. Calibri is, is one of the few vineyards in the state and taste rooms that I've not, well, it doesn't have a tasting room anymore because uh, now it's just the winery or the vineyards. Uh, most of their wines are at Page Springs from that vineyard, although Burning Tree does get some of their fruit and James Callahan now gets some of their fruit, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice synergy between, uh, I'm I, unlike Isla, I am not a huge fan of Arizona Grenache. Um, <laughs> that face. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, you love it. You're wrong. I know, Cody, what of it? <laughs> Why are you not a fan of Arizona Grenache? To me, it's generally too thin and too unexciting and too uninteresting. Um, but in the hands of, in the hands of certain winemakers Mm -hmm. and at certain vineyards, it shines, um, and shines really bright. Agreed. And one of those vineyards where it really shines above anything else is Calibri. 
<laughs> and one of the winemakers who can make it sing better than anyone else is James Callahan. So that synergy yeah. of Calibri Grenache plus James Callahan is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hello, Byzantine choir singing the, uh, the Cherubic Hymn. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's pretty nice. Uh, so, yeah. so let me rephrase. Uh, when, well... No, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna maintain my position no. that most Arizona Grenache is <laughs> is bad. Um, there, I said it. Uh, but the people that can make it well really make it sing and really make it shine. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the few other winemakers I think that can really do it is uh, Corey Turnbull of Burning Tree too. Oh hell yeah! Shout out Corey. Yeah, is Burning Tree in here? I can't remember. Yes. For okay. sure. I haven't started it very far yet. Yeah, it takes time to go through it. Um, Trust because... me, it took me time when I finally got it in my hands. So, so, <laughs> so how, how many years has this been uh, a process, and how much harder is it to birth a book than it is to birth a child? Much harder. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, from what I've heard. It's been over three years. Um, when I first decided, yes, I'm moving forward with this idea. I had the idea for a few years, but to move forward, I think it was 2017. Um, this has been a very long pregnancy. Um, it was <laughs> tough near the end. I was like, <laughs> pregnant in the summer in Phoenix is just not fun. I've done that. And <laughs> As we all stare and look at Isla. I didn't ask to be here. So. <laughs> She's like, this is not my fault. <laughs> yeah, and then, then the labor was very intensive. <laughs> but the delivery, I got a six and a half pound baby. So... It's all good. Once you hold that baby in your hands, it's all worth it. Yeah. With with books and with children. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's like a small child, honestly. So what? uh, So you're listed as uh, essentially the the author behind it, but you would say that you're not the author. How would you describe yourself? Depends on you know the definition, how technical you want to get. I created, I like to say I created the book, I produced the book, I'm a photographer, but I didn't, the only thing I wrote in the book was my preface. Um, And then I had writers, I had a wonderful team of writers that wrote the content for everything else. So I kind of put it together. I I knew what I wanted to show and then discuss with the writers what we're going to cover and I photographed and we weren't there at the same times usually, a few times we were, but crisscrossing the state, the writers, me, and um, it was just a lot of fun, but yeah. So I am the creator. So uh, who are the writers? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The main writers, first off we have, um, well, let me get to the very beginning. The foreword is by Elaine Chunkin, is that how you say it, Chunkin Brown? I honestly have no idea. Sorry, Elaine. Okay. Yes, she's <laughs> in California, and her um, blog and wine reviews are called Hawk Waka Waka. Have you heard of that? I have. Okay. So she was kind enough. She's very familiar with Arizona wines. She wrote the foreword. The introduction is by T. Scott Stevens, the co-owner of Southern Rail and Beckett's Table in the Phoenix area, which are very supportive of Arizona wines. Um, can't say enough about them. Um, then the history section was written by Eric Berg. He's a well-known Arizona historian, not just of wine, but just history in general. I read his article on, he's really, on he's Arizona really cool wine, guy. and it was phenomenal. He's a really cool guy. And I'm always happy to be corrected uh, when someone knows a lot more than, than I do. He's very, and very I, smart. There was a lot of the history of Arizona wine that I thought I knew, 
But then I read his article in the Journal of Arizona History and, and his introduction, and I realized, oh, I don't know shit. Like, just kidding. <laughs> just, it, there's yeah. a lot of misinformation. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Puzzles yeah. him where people get this information. Uh-huh. But he's, he can I have a theory it. on that. Right. And my theory is that people like a story that's simple and evocative. Yeah. And the story of Arizona Wine, as it turns out, is a lot more complicated than everyone thought. Like, yeah, sure, there were Madeira and Port-style wines being produced in Phoenix, but that doesn't fit the narrative of, you know, Schumann and the Verde Valley and the Red Rocks of Sedona and the uh, Baba Kamari Ranch, or not Baba Kamari Ranch, uh, Empire Ranch or whatever in Sonoida and the, the vine of... Mission growing on the lone hillside that had been there since the 1700s, blowing in the wind. Woo! It's like, no, no, honey, that's that's not the story of Arizona wine after all. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So if you get my book and read that section, you'll you'll know the truth. Yeah, which is awesome. And yeah. um, as someone who is trained in undergrad as a historian, well, I have a history degree. I don't know whether I was trained as a historian, but. <laughs> Well, I have a degree in it, so I guess maybe uh, more more history aware and aware of how history works as uh, God. I'm going to get so much flack for this from the five historians that listen to this, but science, for lack of a better word, um, and now I lost my train of thought. Point being is history is a lot more complicated than people think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, mm, dead kings and dates, and no, uh, people so doing things. It's like, no, there's no, it's, lies. yeah, there's so many pieces that uh, people don't think about when, when they do or talk about history. That's why it's good to keep an open mind. Sorry, continue. Oh, well, moving on um, from Eric, the history writer, Eric, contributed to, I think, six other stories. Uh, he did a great job, but mm-hmm. um, his time was limited, and I'm grateful that he did what he did. Um, Darla Hoffman wrote the majority of the stories and traveled all over the state. Shout out, Darla. What's up, Darla? And then Elizabeth Cracker was my original partner. Um, she had to kind of leave the project, but she contributed two great stories and co wrote um, the Caduceus one with Eric, so that's a dynamite story you'll have to read. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm guessing, well, she now has Twisted Union. Uh, exactly, mm-hmm. I was going to mention that, Elizabeth. Um, so, congratulations um, on that. So congratulations, I guess. That's why she wasn't able to help out as much as she originally planned, is because of all the Twisted Union process. She, yeah, and she's been attending school here at um, Southwest Wine Center, Yavapai College. So she's been, the whole time that I've known her, she's been taking classes there, so she's a very busy lady. <laughs> She is. Very talented. She has also been on a couple podcasts. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, And then I had section intros by yours truly, Cody. Cody! Shout out, Cody! Yeah, he must have been a a shit show to work with. (laughs) You know, he was like the most punctual one that got in... Aww. Turned in the assignment first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good like that. Yeah, he's good like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So Cody covered the Verde Valley section intro, and then Pavle Milik, um, F and B. Shout out to fucking Pavle. Pavle is the beast. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's, that's another one that 
did not make it in the book as a winery because when we started well, it, yeah. he hadn't even you know? started it yet. That was yeah. just so all the, it happened so quick, like it bam, did. bam, 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 bam. It did. I, I'm amazed because now it looks like he's been there for 10 years. I know. I know. Oh, <laughs> drove by last weekend. I was like, damn. I know. It's, it looks great. It looks really great. Cool. This is really I exciting. Can't wait to yeah, I haven't seen it out. since I last left Sonoida after uh, the incident. But, yeah. uh, no, he contributed. I mean, obviously, everything everybody contributed is just above and beyond, but it's yeah, really cool Paul to have him. Such a a cool writer, that. anyway. He does mm-hmm. a regular column oh, yeah. Phoenix Magazine. I mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was very, very grateful to have his time. And then Nikki Chuck um, covered the Wilcox area. She's a Verde Valley based vineyard consultant. And we're happy that she was able to cover the Wilcox section. That's a big region. And then we had Annabelle Schlipna. Did I say that right? Thank you. Annabelle? Um, Annabelle is awesome. Yeah. She wrote our Outlier Region intro. <laughs> she did a, an amazing job. Yeah, the Outliers are, are a lot of the wineries that I haven't been into in the state, like uh, Windmill and uh, didn't she also cover Kingman? Or was that? We did not cover Kingman, which I really want to cover. There's at least two up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, they're popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Well, I think Wine and Kingman's been there a little bit longer, but there, I know there's a newer one that just changed ownership. Um, yeah, and so then we've got the. I actually put uh, Bruzy in the outlier because he's in the middle of nowhere and young. He really is. <laughs> yes. Boy, so it, it's hard to get more in the middle of nowhere in Arizona than young because there is no mm-hmm. easy way to get there, as I found when I visited that vineyard. I was terrified. I saw that it was 20 miles from the highway to his place. I thought, oh, no problem. I'll be there. Like when I said I was going to be there. It took an hour, but the dirt roads, they were just grading the roads, the switchbacks, the drop-offs. Oh, God. Like yeah, that's not my favorite thing. But once you get to town, it's paved. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Getting out of town is not paved. So there's two ways to get to town: coming in and going out, and they're not paved roads. And yeah. I heard that the south one is even worse than the north one. I heard that too, and that's why I went north uh, from the north, <laughs> which also gave me a chance to do some fossil hunting, and I found some beautiful. Uh, fossil crinoids, this one of which was actually the size of this table we're sitting at. That might be the most Cody thing I've ever heard you say in a really long time. I love you. Sorry, keep going. It was as big as the table. But yeah, it was this beautiful crinoid that was as big as this table. Is the the top part of it that, you know, has, looks like a flower. And it had been flattened in stone and looked almost like a starfish. Wow. And it was huge. I'm like, I did not know crinoids could get this big. Okay. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. It was on an old phone. Wow. But I literally pulled... (laughs) So I pulled off when I was halfway to Young to, you know, follow the call of nature. (laughs) Uh, But also I saw that it was also limestone. And so I'm like, I'm going to look for fossils while I answer the call of nature. And then I, I go and I see literally this thing sitting on the rock and I'm like... I have no idea what this is at first, but it's clearly a fossil. What the fuck is this? Holy shit. That's crazy. And then I showed it to a friend of mine who specializes in Permian fauna, which may also be another really Cody thing. It's like, of course I have a friend who's a paleontologist. I was just going to (laughs) say. He's like, that's a crinoid. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that they got this big in Arizona. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Huh. As a sidebar for people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) 
Disclaimer. Crinoids are ancient sea creatures that are loosely related to starfish. They used to be a lot more common. They still exist today. But a lot of their diversity was, um, for lack of a better word, nuked during the great dying, the great Permian extinction of 250 million years ago. And now the species diversity is much less than it used to be. And I'm going to load in a picture of uh, uh, modern crinoids on my phone. Huh. So you're saying you can find those near Bruzy Vineyard? Yes. Okay. Fascinating. Huh. Arizona. We got all the crinoids. So here's what uh, one living life looks like. Uh, A living one looks like. You've got the roots that are in either tree bark or on the ground, and then it's got a stalk. And then uh, what I had found was the top that looks almost like a palm tree. Yeah. yeah. But it had been flattened by time, and so it was all spread out like Absolutely. this, and so its arms were out oh. like the size of the table. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like... Because normally when I find fossil crinoids... <laughs> I can only imagine yeah, Welcome to the Make Americanoid... Um, Amerinoid. to the Make America Crinoid Again podcast, apparently, <laughs> that occasionally involves wine, uh, <laughs> which also, to be fair, is probably the most Cody thing ever. Yeah, and you're just topping yourself here at this right. point. Like, um, <laughs> and I totally fucking forgot where I was going. With, so anyway. Oh, when you were in Young, when you were saying you, you went to Young. So yeah, I found the, this fossil crinoid and it was the top part. Because normally when I find them, all I find are the stems and pieces of that long stem. So I know that. I'm like, oh, that's a crinoid. And I'm like, guess it's... Anyway, mm. uh, I apologize. Uh, Tangent. Tangent. So the point being is that the road to Bruzy is long, but worth it. Yes. And he does some really cool events. Nice. I have yet to attend it's one and I'm just dying to, but he's doing a solstice dinner tomorrow. Oh. It's sold out. Why? Imagine so being cool. out there under the stars in the vineyard. No. Well, I don't know if they're in the vineyard. Are they in the vineyard? This time of year, no. It would be cold as balls. But that'd be You can see every out there, star yeah. out there. Yeah, the, the, the night way. sky, I imagine there would be beautiful. And see yeah. the Milky Way and everything. Yeah, and they have these amazing meals, so I can't wait to attend one. So if you guys don't know about Bruzy, check him out. He's amazing guy and um, just really cool. And they they're have doing lots some of cool, cool animals. Yeah, they have huh? what, alpacas. Yeah. Llamas. The llamas alpacas were llamas. not there when I visited. Abigail uh, wasn't there? And I didn't think no, Abigail was not. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, they had two sheep, and Abigail was there when I was there. So. <laughs> when I was there, he had just planted the Baco Noir, mm. Mm. Um, which I am stoked for because Baco Noir is one of my favorite uh, hybrid grapes based on French-American hybrid grapes based on my one experience with it from a Canadian bottle. Mm. Uh, and it tasted like a good Pinot Noir because I've had a lot of shitty Pinot Noir let's face it we all have Um, (laughs) yeah who hasn't yeah but anyway and so I'm always excited to see that and I haven't had a Baco Noir since Hmm. but uh, interesting I'm really stoked and I hope that it grows and it stays well and they're able to make one and yeah yeah and I'm pretty sure I'm not 100% so I won't say 100%, 100%, but he's got one of the highest elevation vineyards in the state. No, it is the highest. No, well, yeah. it's the second highest elevation, elevation vineyard in the state. There's one higher that he told me about that's a private vineyard that apparently is growing Sauvignon Blanc, and they apparently try to make an ice wine from it. Wow. From what I've heard. 
that sounds fun. Um, I don't know if that vineyard is still there. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere along the Magillon Rim. But, uh... Interesting. Yeah. He's also the only one growing Vidal Blanc, which is fun because mm. Vidal Blanc mm-hmm. is a grape that most people associate with Canada. And mm. here it is in Arizona, which is the last place people think of when they think of places that are like Canada. Love that. <laughs> Love that for us. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, that's okay. I, 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 the other outlier ones, we've got um, Del Rio Springs. We've got um, Granite Creek. Um, Sharon. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, it was tough. I wanted to put her in with the Sonoida, but really she's not in the ABA. Yeah. She's further out, and it just made more sense to put her in with the outlier ones. And that is a beautiful vineyard. Um, I highly recommend going there if you haven't been there. It's just so beautiful. The views are breathtaking. You can get food and wine and um, she makes fresh baked bread every day. So it's really cool. It's also the best vineyard to go to in Arizona if you are a fan of Merlot because that is all she's growing on site. She's a white Merlot, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? She has like six different approaches to Merlot. Mm-hmm. And I think also the wines from the other Benson vineyard, Rancho Maria, are sold there. Oh. Uh, on occasion. Yeah, I think she makes wine for other smaller vineyards in the area. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's very interesting. It's beautiful there. I love it there. So I think that's all of the outlier ones. Um, Oh, so then the next section of my book, we're kind of going through it, is um, the Metro Tasting Rooms and Michelle Jacob. She's in the restaurant business, and she's she loves Arizona wine. She's a big supporter. She covered um, Genuine Arizona Wine Bar and um, Garage East, and then Arizona Wine Collective. Have you been to any of those? I've been to half of those. <laughs> uh, I've been to Garage East. I've been to the Arizona Wine Collective. I've not been to Genuine. Okay. And the other one. That's that's it. Well, that's all that I covered. Oh. Metro, yeah. Yeah. So I, I visited two out of the three then. Yeah. yeah. Both uh, were in Phoenix. Yeah. In the Metro right? map, we do show um, the other tasting rooms, like in Scottsdale and around. Um, so there are other that refer you back to the winery section to read about them. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then let's see. After that, we have um, the Arizona Wine Festivals and Events section by Richard Betts, who is a... Um, wine educator and he's been following Arizona wine for about 25 years he's very knowledgeable and he's a great guy to work with we had a lot of fun we love Richard he, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a hilarious guy he's a good dude oh yeah he's good he's, he's real he's he really smart so very knowledgeable yes he's well very spoken. knowledgeable yeah so there's about 50 pages in the back of the book of events and festivals because I just wanted to show the various um the people the, the people. thing that makes this industry you know and the environments like from tucson to sedona mm-hmm. to wilcox to Sonoida, the different environments so you can see those there and you can you can see a lot of um there's a few people that are repeated <laughs> several times at wine festivals or the, the diehards i guess so. easy wine peeps hashtag yeah. yes uh, one of my favorite photos of all time um as of me and isabel luna Love her. Uh, Love Isabel. Isabel and uh, Lindsay are doing Lindsay, uh, yeah. their own podcast now, drinking through their, I know, their cellar. I, love I know. It. We're, I love we're, it. We're, 
we're supposed to connect with them. So, so we geez. haven't forgotten you guys. I haven't forgotten you either. I know I want to be on an episode with you guys to that would, drink. That would I be epic. Be there. Let's I want to do it. All of you guys. Let's oh, have a party, fun. a wine <laughs> that, that fucking sounds awesome. We'll go through two bottles and get shit faced. Maybe three. Maybe more. I mean, that's honestly, true. guys, it's been between, a minute. Between, <laughs> haven't been to a wine festival in a while. That's true. Alas, COVID. So we can just have a private one. I was grateful I had so many photographs in light of COVID to put in the book so people can mm-hmm. remember how much fun we used to have at Wine Festival. Yeah. We will again. In the we'll BC again. days. But yeah, yes. so many cool But uh, she's got her Arizona bolo on, and I think I've got yeah. one of my Arizona bolos yeah. on yeah. that are bolo ties shaped like Arizona. So. Yeah. Kindred spirits. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably, that's all the contributors. Um, my very good friend, one of my bestest, bestest, Libby Floyd Davis worked with me for months on proofing the book because it was so massive and you know every comma every every little thing i mean i don't know how she caught what she caught but she did so i'm very grateful for her to make making everything look perfect and if there is anything that's not perfect just send me an email (laughs) we'll catch it (laughs) next time (laughs) yes if you found something speaking of which which is your email my email info at arizonawineguy.com and uh, I will put in a, uh, a link in the show notes uh, for where people can buy that book uh, if they want to buy a copy. And it's beautiful, and you should, uh, because the more copies that are sold, the sooner that she can uh, publish more and sell more and then do a version two. Um, much to her dismay. <laughs> <laughs> I have ideas. I don't know. No, no. I have lots of ideas. You know, creatives, you can yeah, never I know, stop. I you know. release a book. You I know say I almost scared myself it, when I went to print. I started to think about the next book. It's like, am I crazy? <laughs> yes, <laughs> do it. Yes. Yeah, I have Absolutely. ideas, so I'm sure I will. So uh, I, I'm super stoked about this cover. Um, how did you do this cover design? Is it. Uh, an actual layout of grapes that was done or was it photoshopped or was the star part of that or was it added on as part of the title or or hang tight hang tight or or or, (laughs) i know how did this happen there's a story behind this of course um i wouldn't have asked if there wasn't a story to um come up with a cover image that would not just highlight one vineyard or one winemaker or one grape I want it to be How Arizona. do you pick the cover for an Arizona wine Right. Yeah. So one day it just popped into my head, divine inspiration, the flag. The Arizona flag. <laughs> Made it, out of grapes. You know, I, I, I Arizona grapes. creative freedom with the colors, but um, it's all Arizona grapes. And there's, I believe, seven different varieties from three different vineyards. Oh. I went all mm-hmm. over the state and begged for grapes at harvest time, which yeah, Sam Hillsbury was very nice. <laughs> he gave, he gave me grapes. some grapes, but he didn't want to give me too many. Oh, of course. Well, because yeah. that could be a bottle of wine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is. And, and uh, you know, winemaking is, is really... Um, difficult here and you know a handful the of grapes that's of your labor yeah yeah it is yeah. literally yeah. yeah so then Carl- which is what i called my sarcastic photo book that i got for free from uh uh when i got it from an uh a uh hold on where'd you get it uh shutter shutterstock yes that i got for a i got free because i that's got a best. one of the Monopoly things from from fucking Safeway <laughs> yes! to do a photo book. Yes, oh and God. like all of 
my nice photos are harvest photos that I took at Greg Goderman's by and large. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do a cheesy little like photo album book and call it Fruits of Our Labor. That's fine. Uh, Grapes of uh, Laramita Cellars. Because I didn't know what the fuck else to do with this. Woo. Yeah. Useless thing. That's cool. I I need a book too. (laughs) It's only one. It's rarer. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It's a limited edition. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. So, um, Carlson Creek um, gave me a great variety of, of grapes. I can't. I, I don't have the list in front of me what they are. And then um, Anne Roncone at um, Lightning Ridge. Oh yeah. She gave me some beautiful fruit. So I had an ice chest, you know. So I went from Wilcox to Sonoida to home. And in the meantime, I, had, I tested out the idea with. Safeway grapes. Those are not Safeway grapes. Those, Those are, are definitely not. Yeah, yeah, but I, I did. If you actually know anything about grapes, these are very obviously not table grapes. Oh, right. for yeah. sure. So um, my husband built a thirty by forty inch template for me. We made little channels out of foam core and wrapped them in copper foil for the dividers, the top part of the the flag. And then he made a copper star and. Um, so when I came home, I, it was in the summer, of course, harvest. It was still warm weather. I guess end of summer. So I actually got in, into my pool. I put this on the side of the pool, and I got into the pool to get the angle just right. So I'm standing in the pool with my camera, and I have shots of this. I need to put on my website, I guess. Yes, you do. Yeah, this is sounds amazing. Yeah, so I, just shot and sh- I just shot hundreds angles and everything um and then the next morning they were still looking good so i shot more but um <laughs> the star was kind of a, a burnished copper foil which we enhanced in photoshop to get a more smooth look okay just, so it is a real star that's been had a little cosmetic work done to it <laughs> that's and, still really freaking cool yeah yeah so i have to thank my husband for being so willing to put up with me through this whole thing mm-hmm. and making the template for the the cover and yeah, the template, the graphics, yeah, moral support. Awesome. He he did a great job. It looks really yeah. good. And then on the back, I, I of course have my collection of courts. all the courts. I love I love all this. I used to have a collection of courts before my like this one before my first move. I still have all of them, so you know. Oh, I gave you all of them? Yeah, you gave me all your cords. <laughs> if you want them. Oh, I'm like, I, I still got them. I, I couldn't remember if I gave them to you or yeah. whether I threw them away or gave them away or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Me. Wine for the people. I, I love the uh, mm-hmm. of the provision. provision we did, uh, position them slightly just to because yeah. some have little slogans like yeah. the artwork's yeah. cool and that's I, you know. I had my tweezers out there. I think I have a shot yeah, of photographing sure. that too with my tweezers. It's like food in the styling. Back. It's yeah. detail, you know. Yeah. So it really is. I mean, even the grapes a little bit had to. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had um, I sent the advanced reader copy out to several people in the industry um, outside of the state, except for. Circle Vina in Tucson. She wrote a very nice review, but I, I got some really positive feedback, so that was really rewarding. But yeah, uh, which I was shocked to see the Wine Destinations Indiana on there. Um, so tell me about how you got that review. We follow each other in social media and we communicate. And, and how am I not involved in, in learning about the wine industry in Indiana? Isn't that crazy? Well, I can hook you up. That, that would be awesome because the only winery I've, I've experienced in Indiana, and you drank that ice wine uh, that we had from Indiana uh, from Oliver Winery. Okay, that does sound a bit familiar. Uh, the day of the big snow. 
Scotty. Oh, is that what we, okay. <laughs> right. It's okay. I just spilled Cab Franc. It's okay. Uh, is, did it get on the book? No, no. Okay. But wait, a little bit on the page. Well, like you right know, here, what would a good. wine book be without a little I mean, that's a yeah, fair a point. Wine, that is a fair point. <laughs> so now I have to ask also, what other seriously embarrassing stories about producing and photographing for this book do you have? Yes. Well, <laughs> once that I'll talk about. <laughs> <laughs> There was an incident. My best friend from high school, Debbie Burgoyne. Oh, Debbie. I haven't seen her in an age. I know. She's dying to get out here, but COVID's in the way. But um, she accompanied me to a lot of drone shooting and um, helped me. She would watch it and tell me when I was going to hit something. But <laughs> we were drones. landing it. I did this. Oh, this. Okay. The shot I really wanted that I had to go three, three times to get was Kent Callaghan's. Um, tasting room he's got those skylights on his winery oh yeah and the sun comes up behind it and it's just amazing it just, when the you get there while well, it's still dark and you wait for the sun to rise and it streams through those windows depending on what time of year it's a different angle so i shot it one time i wasn't happy i went back the next day and i thought i had it and i didn't so i think it was a separate trip even when debbie was with me i went there and i got it just right i was so thrilled you know i got it looked good and then i was landing the drone and somehow the drone crashed into my hand so <laughs> and i was worried because i <laughs> I didn't want the drone to crash and break because they're expensive, you know? Yeah. But so I was just worried about it going down to the ground after it hit me, going down to the ground in one piece, which was no problem. But then my, I looked at my hand and there's just blood everywhere and skin flapping. Oh my so, God. <laughs> so oh we're in Sonoida. I got the shot, thank God. And um, then I God. was staying at um, James Callahan's Airbnb. So I texted them and said, hey, is there an emergency room in Sonoida? <laughs> there is a... I don't want to say a nurse practitioner that is there. So we went there, and for some reason, the insurance issues or whatever, we ended up going to Nogales. Oh, man. And that yeah, was worse. So, so we, um, we ended up coming back. Yeah, it was just, it was going to be way <laughs> expensive there. So we came back to Sonoida and let the nurse go practitioner to stitch me point. up. So. Right. Oh, my so, goodness. So that was like, and that was when I shot you. Do you remember that thing on my hand? Oh, oh yeah. That? that I asked you about and you were like I don't want to talk about it the doctor put this or the nurse practice with this huge thing on his finger and I'm walking around oh. trying to shoot all day with his finger out there oh. but anyway um, so that was one embarrassing moment um, the second embarrassing moment that I'll talk about is that <laughs> when I was at LGB driving the Gator they're they're so kind to me to let me just go out anytime and roam the vineyards so I was in the gator oh, driving with my camera oh my and i was getting the shot and then somehow i crashed into a vine somehow oh, he took the vine down and i was like oh, oh no i looked at it and it was totally separate like, oh no she's not a great killer it was an accident so that was really bad but they were very nice about it so well, they are nice people yes <laughs> yeah so that was the embarrassing parts um I mean, I really love, and if anybody interested in Arizona wine, the wineries, the winemakers, the vineyards, they can use your help any time of year, like harvesting, pruning. Um, that's something that I've done. I've gotten out there every season 
in the vineyard and it's really rewarding and if you really want to know more about Arizona wine I would encourage you to contact your local winery your favorite winery and just see when they do need volunteers because it, it is hard work very labor-intensive or come in a seat come from out of state and, and help out yes um, not in the time of COVID though but uh, mm -hmm. hopefully this will be done by next harvest inshallah after COVID, uh, I saw a meme the other day from a Muslim friend of mine who said, uh, uh, after COVID is uh, the new white American, inshallah, because that means God willing. <laughs> uh, we're going to pause this interview for a brief moment. Megan, why don't you tell us what you think about the uh, Gallia label? Oh, Jesus, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Surprise! Yay! Um, I mean, obviously, it's gorgeous. It's just a mostly naked woman um, holding a red sheet against her, I'm guessing, and little silver shoes, which are weird. Um, but uh, no, I think it's gorgeous. I mean, I feel like all of the labels for, for this, this, for the saculum are all just absolutely beautiful and very classy. Mm -hmm. I like the, is it one? No, it is dual. It's a little weird that the front's taller than the back. That stresses me out a little bit because OCD, but um, no, I think it's beautiful. I like the, it's just plain and the font is sexy. Um, Do you I, happen to know the name of that font? Because I want to know it. I, right? I don't know. The, the one that they actually use Gallia for, like, that's super neat looking. I don't know what that is. You can go to what the font. Yeah, not. yeah. Oh, I'm, mm -hmm. We're best friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm, 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 I wonder, you know, I'm sure it's something they paid for, so it's not something you can just continue to use. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I yeah, like well that. done, though. Yeah, well done no, it's sure. really good. It's, I've it's always been very fond of the, of the labels on mm -hmm. Seculum Cellars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, no, I feel like all the labels are absolutely beautiful, and this is another one. I would like to know if there's a story behind why? Always. Yeah, I'm like, what, what's the story behind this this woman, and is, was this There a is, real... but I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. remember. It. I know it's I not Marnie. Like, because no, Marnie was like, everyone asked me if that's me. And I go, do I look that tall? <laughs> <laughs> Marnie, by the way, is... Michael. Yeah, I was... I, for some reason, I couldn't remember Michael as a name. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, she's <laughs> Michael Pierce's wife and... Uh, they are an adorable couple, yeah, by the way. Yeah, super sweet. But uh, uh, she, however, is the model for the cachet label, which is their GSM. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely tell it's morning because it has one of her fancy, awesome hats on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She is known for her hats. I guess she actually is now a city councilor for Clarkdale or, or something or on the mm. something in, in Clarkdale's government, which is fucking awesome. That is yes. badass. Mm. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Uh, and what else do you want to tell, tell me about the, the book before we uh, continue well, drinking? One thing, um, are you familiar with the Fibonacci? The Fibonacci spiral? Yes. Okay, I use that. One can't just use a Fibonacci spiral and put it on anything. He says putting it on a meme of a bear. <laughs> just remembering a meme I saw last morning. Well, when I got ready to do the book, my, my past life was graphic design. Started printing publications, got into video, and then I got into photography. So when I did some research on page layout, because I did all the layout myself, and you know, good design, bad design, white fonts, all that kind of stuff. And um, so one thing I came across was the Fibonacci layout for the pages. 
looks. Now, I must say that I did not, I would say 95% of the pages and the images are, have a, that element in them where I use that principle. Sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah, it's true. But you can sometimes do it in parts of and it. And you can flip it either any way you can flip it. So as long as it spirals, you know. And, and as the people around me are, are learning, they're seeing me. Oh, yeah, there it is there. Spirals. They're, they're literally watching me like... Trace. Trace spirals. Todd and Kelly! I love Todd's serious, silly face. These are some of the best pictures of people ever <laughs> taken in this book, guys. Buy this book Todd. just for the photos. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. info's really good, too, of course. So with the photographs and the page layout, I tried to incorporate I had an overlay on my page template so I could pop the... There's Llama. Abigail! Of it. There's a llama. That's Abigail. So that was one kind of fun thing I did, and it, I, I love to have an idea behind the content and a reason. And I have no idea whose arm that is. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. It was, I, I really enjoyed yeah, it. They yeah, they turned out really good. I like the, the subtle inter... I, I wondered one of the reasons why it's like, all these photos look... You can definitely tell that they're... The, the same artist and there's something in common but I couldn't figure out what it was other than the artist and now that you've said Fibonacci spiral it's like duh <laughs> look Cody you're a moron no Not yeah nature has the best oh, designs Eden. there's Eden and Joe Bouchard and uh Sadie 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 oh, I wish we were Baja though I like Baja whoa whoa I know it's heavy whoa Nelly yeah <laughs> So if people want to buy your book, where can they find it? Well, if you go to my website, um, which is www.arizonawineguide.com slash order, they'll take you to the order page. And if you scroll down a little bit, there's 21 statewide locations that have the book available. You can buy directly from them or you can order from my website, the same page, and um, you can pick up locally in different cities. Just let me know. I'm in North Scottsdale, so that's easy for me if you're in that area. Um, but if you're, say, from Ohio, I'm looking at you, Joe Juniper. <clears throat> Shout yes. out to Joe, who's really awesome and really awesome winemaker, and I'm dying for us to drink his Pinot. For a Pinot podcast. Excellent. Uh, Sounds good. Actually. Um, but I feel like this is something that he would be potentially interested in looking at. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have actually received that. The book's only been out for just over two weeks, and I have a lot of out-of-state orders, so you can have priority two-day mail, but right now it's more like five days with Christmas, but af after Christmas it'll get back to normal. Inshallah. Um, you can have media mail, which is slower and cheaper, but there's options on the order page for shipping or, or pickup. Nice. Sounds good. Anything else that we want to mention? You mentioned something. Tell tell us a little something about what like, was it like she... having your mother work on the book. Um, that's a great question. It was it was intense. I mean, so yeah. So I mean, I've been on Cody's podcast before. Let me get my words together. Um, but I worked for a, I worked for LDV for about three years, LDV Winery and Chiricahua is in Southern Arizona. Um, Peggy and Kurt were really good to me and I learned a lot and that was kind of when this project started. Um, my mom has known them for quite a while and so she was getting into, you know, food and beverage photography and then kind of was transitioning more into wine and we would go down to the vineyard and harvest and bottle and 
do all kinds of things and just kind of got to know the industry and everything about it in that aspect. And so um, seeing like what she was capturing was really cool because that was the thing for me, like people go and drink wine. I know we were talking about this earlier, but, um, and they don't realize like you go to a beautiful vineyard and you're drinking this wine, you're looking at this view, but it's like the behind the scenes of that is like blows most people's minds. It, I know a lot about it and it still blows my mind, like how wine is made in just every part of the process. So seeing like being there with her when I could be and like seeing her capture just all these stages and just like the passion behind it and you know, when you talk to people that don't know anything about it, it's really, they're really interested They're They think it's really cool cause it is. And like, just like having a finished product of all of that, you know, fruit, literal fruits of her labor that took years is like, it's so cool. So I don't know, I'm super proud of her. And um, yeah, this industry is really special to, to all of us and obviously to all of us here and to many people in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to have a resource for people. And I mean, I told her, I was like, this is history. You know, you're going to have this book if you want to do another one, which I mean, don't feel like you have to, but you kind of have to, but you know, like to see it evolve and to see how it's grown. Because even when I was at LDV, that was about, I mean, I guess five, five or six years ago now, like there's so many wineries that didn't exist that exist yeah. now or like yeah. even just like the co-op you know people oh my god up, right now i i have lost things. track of how many there are seriously i used yeah. to and know. i'm just like no, i don't know wait who are you and what are you and why just are you following on doing Facebook? cool stuff yeah. and yeah. like why okay you clearly know me because you've started following me on instagram but who the fuck are you growing <laughs> weird things in interesting places and yeah. like just the journey and the people i still wish someone would grow saparabi well, never say never. Yeah. I mean, we're very young in the scheme of things. And yeah. like, yeah, I love Arizona wine. So yeah, me too. I'm proud mean. of my mom. And this has been, it's been a fun journey. It's been tough. It's been, you know, writing, writing a book, compiling a book is not easy work, but, but the road definitely trips worth fun. it. Yeah. Road trips are fun memories. I mean, so many, so many cool times. Actually, I do have one memory I'd like okay. to share with you about regarding this. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. We might have already, I don't know. Maybe you've shared this before, but it's a fun story. So. Uh, one time we went down south, we went to LDV to, I believe we were harvesting. It was summer, we were harvesting. And um, on our way back up, so LDV's in Wilcox, south of Wilcox, we were driving. I think we did go through Bisbee. Um, we got fish tacos there and then we were coming back up and we were uh, communicating with James at Rune because um, mom had to grab something or we wanted wine or something. So we stopped by James's on the way back to Phoenix and it was when Rune was like just started. Like he just had he like the, in, the structure there and he had that. his airstream and he didn't have any fruit planted. He just had his outdoor tasting room. Like that was it. Like, you know, so we went and it was super cloudy. It was beautiful. It was like a cold day, which it was summer, but Southern Arizona, you never know. So we ended up like going to, to see him and we were sitting outside having a glass of wine and talking to him and whatever. And it just like started, it literally started hailing like out of nowhere. And so he was like, we were like, oh shit. And he was like, come in my Airstream. So we just like go in his Airstream, we bring all the wine. And he was like, I guess we should open a bottle now cause we're kind of stuck. Like, you know, like it's, it was all muddy. Like we're like, we're just kind of here. He's like, I made some peanut butter cookies last night. Do you guys want some? And we're like, yes. So we're sitting there in his, in his Airstream in his living room and like drinking this Syrah 
eating these peanut butter cookies, just shooting it, and, like, he's just telling us his whole story and, like, how he got where he was, and, like, he's from Scottsdale. I'm from, you know, it's just, like, a small world, and it's crazy where people end up, and, I mean, he's a pilot. Like, he just, he's, he's a very cool guy, so... That was just something that I'll never forget. And then I think it hailed for like an hour, which oh is God. like crazy. <laughs> and so uh, when it stopped, we were like, well, thanks for letting us hang out with you and hit the road and drove back. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's those times and those moments and yeah. making friends and industry peeps and just, you know, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that is really memorable and, you know, unforgettable. So yeah, grateful for all of it. But. Yeah, I have photographs of the hail. It was big, yeah. too. It was, like, yes. crazy. Like, and, yeah, that he was, like, the next day it was sunny. Like, it was just, like, like nothing ever happened. happened. After we left there, the sun breaks out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Tucson was yeah. just no clouds. Like, so that's how it goes. But, yeah. But, yeah. That was fun. Cheers to cheers to the finished product and, and for being It's a here. beautiful finished product. Thank you. So, congratulations, Janelle. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for making uh, America great again. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Ah, oh, that's so good. Wow. I haven't had that in God. quite a while. I miss Beautiful. you. Know, the Galia is great. Mm. Always a good one. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com on Instagram at, at the AZ Wine Monk, or on Twitter at CV Burkett. Be sure to also check out our website, MakeAmericaGrapeAgainPodcast.com. the other day and she and I we took that trip to France we went to the winery because it was where we were staying you could just like stay in this little hotel and like walk down to the winery and like nice. it was dope that sounds like dream. and they let us try one of everything like they're like we'll just pour it all at once so we literally had like nine glasses each because yes. they had like all their wines open then they had like they made a brandy or something Ooh. yeah it was really strong it was really good but nice. so I saw that picture come up the other day and I was like Dang, we used to hang. We used to chill, but we're, we're chilling. We're still chilling. This is true. I mean, that's what we're doing now, although that brings to mind my my drunk, my drunk drunkest story ever uh, when I was in Istanbul and I visited oh. uh, Turkey's Only Master Sommelier, who has a wine bar mm-hmm. literally yeah. right next to Galata Tower. This is a good one. And... Uh, <laughs> So I go there, take a taxi, and uh, proceed to get shit-faced because he opens me 13 different bottles <laughs> and a glass of each. How they do. Because, you know, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, you're here to t- you're here to actually learn about Turkish wine and, and bring bottles back, and you're, you're in the wine industry in Arizona, and it's a similar climate, all these things. And so completely sloshed. Uh, I, I buy six bottles. He gives me a seven. So I am too drunk to remember that taxis are a thing. 
So I walk <laughs> a mile and a half back to my hostel. Yeah, but it's good that you did. Yeah, yeah probably. And then uh, and then decide when I'm there that I'm starting to get sober again. And like, no, 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 no. We're not going to be sober yet. I didn't try any rosé, and they have a Turkish rosé on this menu. So uh, mm. I proceed to have a bottle of Turkish rosé with a New Zealand tourist, uh, who was also there in the hostel, and things happen. Uh, anyway, really cool that's your drunkenness moment. Well, to be fair, right. to be fair, after we had uh, an entire bottle of rosé between us, and I had already had thirteen glasses in, we then decided on having three shots of Rocky each, which is uh, Turkish Uzo. It's a, an anti-space spirit. So we were really hurting the next morning. Yeah, that's a lot. And we were like, oh. This is what a hangover is like. Because I never had a hangover before that. And I'm like, oh, this is this is what a hangover is. Like, and this will be bonus content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes. So uh